You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1019. And oh, do we have a great show for you. I've invited Bob Janowitz here to talk about a bunch of things. It's not always smooth sailing when it comes to taking a stand for your organization or firm. Oftentimes, employers must make a stand, whether it be in court, with unions or competitors. It's important to send a powerful message with the right messenger. As I said, Bob Janowitz is here. He's a partner in Fisher & Phillips. He joins us to discuss how experience and credibility can help you handle even the toughest negotiations and conversations. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here. Let's get started. Can you tell us an interesting story about your past? Sure. So I I practice as a management side employment lawyer. Um, And as part of my practice, I also chair our firm's Employee Defection and Trade Secrets Practice Group. My job is to prevent employees from stealing the playbook, Uh, things like software, competitive data, customer lists, and pricing. What I have found is an interesting development in my practice is how technology has totally changed the way that employees can move critical company information in so many ways that we never envisioned, Right. and how few companies have really done anything about it uh, to protect against such vulnerabilities. Um, in the old days, employees used to steal on the photocopy machine at 2 o'clock in the morning. Now it's a thumb drive in the back of the computer. Or it's loading something onto Dropbox when nobody else is looking. What it's done is, because of this move of technology, is it's really forced me to change from a guy that types with two fingers uh, to a computer forensics detective that has had to really work hard to develop creative ways to catch the thieves who are stealing my clients' trade secrets. Now in my practice, um, I spend a lot of time working with former FBI, law enforcement, secret service, and other forensic specialists to prove the theft of company trade secrets. What I try to go ahead and do is I work really hard to harden the target for companies by teaching them better legal as well as physical security measures to be able to help them prevent stealing, detect it when it happens, and to know what to do about it when they're faced with a, that kind of a challenge to their business. So, Bob, what kind of what size range of companies do you work with, generally speaking? Um, so it really is all over the board. It's everything from small employers with 10 employees all the way up to the Fortune 100. Okay. I, I would say our sweet spot, though, is the mid-cap businesses. You know, we do it by employees, not by money. So it's more 25 employees to 3,000 employees and everything in between. So you have experience working with companies the size that are in our audience here on Critical Mass Radio Show because we, we program for companies up to about $100 million in annual revenue. So that's clearly... That is right in my wheelhouse. And, and so what I found is many times, unfortunately... They don't have the level of protection and security in their systems that, based on how you explained how employees can take information from you, that they may need. You know, they they many times trust their employees and give them access to sensitive information, not realizing the damage that could be done. Of course. You know, it's particularly when you have a small entrepreneurial business, uh, you start off with very much a family mentality. Everybody's on the same team. As a result, you don't think about making your spend on things like computer security measures. Uh, And in instances, particularly with small businesses, you know, the kind of information I'm talking about, your customer playbook information, it's the lifeblood of your business. One disloyal employee leaves and your business is gone. And oftentimes, companies just realize, they don't realize that the fixes are really inexpensive. 
Um, oftentimes, they don't cost anything. They're just knowing how to use your own computers in the right way to wow. prevent theft. Wow. Yeah, that's unfortunate because they can get your pricing information, discounting information, cost information. There's a lot of stuff that if they know how to get around your systems and they have access, which you generally have employees have access, they can really take everything with them. It's absolutely the case. And that's why what we try to do is both help companies with both physical security measures and also legal security measures like confidentiality agreements that set the tone for what's ours and what's theirs. Right. Uh, so that people don't have a, a mistaken perception of what belongs to them when they leave. Boy, that, that was a key term you just used there, which is tone, right? It, what, what you focus on as the entrepreneur and business owner, people know, hey, that's important to them. They're watching that. Maybe, you know, many times what I've heard, too, in this area, sometimes it's, a, it's an opportunity thing. If you give them an opportunity, they may take advantage of it by taking your information. But if you let them know and have a culture that that's not acceptable, then that may help to safeguard your company. Absolutely the case. And it, it applies not only to trade secrets, but all sorts of information that you want to keep confidential within the workplace. And it, it's important that you, you start off with the employees by explaining to them that they shouldn't have an expectation of privacy when they're using the company computers. What's right. ours is ours. What's yours is yours. Right. Absolutely. Okay, Bob, let's move on. Thank you for that. Uh, I said in the open that you're a partner with Fisher & Phillips. Help our audience to understand a little bit about your firm. You bet. So uh, we've been around since 1943, uh, started off in, uh, in Georgia, and now we are nationwide. Uh, we uh, exclusively represent employers all around the country. Um, we are one of the largest uh, management side employment law firms, uh, and we are the largest here in Orange County. Uh, and we engage in all types of employment litigation. Uh, we also have uh, a robust counseling practice where we're teaching employers how to hire, fire, promote, demote, discipline, and document. Uh, we do benefits, immigration, wage and hour, and, of course, uh, the area that I specialize in but not exclusively practice in, which is trade secrets. We, um, we believe that the law only provides the outer parameters of what you can't do, and this is how I think we distinguish ourselves uh, as a law firm. That the law tells us what we can't do, uh-huh. and, the, and the real magic is <clears throat> to have practical solutions of what you can do with inside those parameters. Our job is to help empower employers uh, to run their businesses in ways that are realistic, practical, and try to not be very expensive, um, and to insulate them from liability along the way. Part of the way that we do that is we try to make access to our law firm easier to our clients. One of the things that we've done that I think is very unique uh, in the marketplace is we've developed something that we call the employer hotline. Uh, the hotline is a, it's a fixed-fee advice retainer that takes the fear out of calling your lawyer. Uh, What we find, particularly with businesses that are part of your audience, is nobody wants to pick up the phone and call the lawyer. It's like getting in a taxi. Exactly. The meter's meter's running every time. And so what we did is we wanted to take the fear out of that by creating a fixed-fee advice retainer that allows them to call on an unlimited basis and ask us questions day-to-day about, can I fire this person? Can I hire this person? How do I discipline this person? Johnny did something to Sally he shouldn't. What did I do about it? And they have the ability to talk to our lawyers on a regular basis, and we partner with them in making the decisions that directly impact the potential liability exposure of their business. Well, that's that's a huge benefit, I would think, because many times they maybe don't take the ounce of prevention that can save them from the pound of cure because of the perceived cost, but this makes it easy just to call and ask questions, right? Absolutely. You know, it's like that old uh, adage, I forget what the company was that used it as an advertisement, what, what it went something like, you can pay me now or you can pay me later, Right. and later's much worse. Right. And so the whole idea is, is by talking to us up front and have, having us help navigate them through how to make smart employment 
decisions. They save a ton of money down the road by not getting sued when they shouldn't have to. Wow, that's an, and what what is that called again? Um, it's the employer hotline. Okay. Uh, awesome. You know what? My engineer is telling me it's time for our first break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And we're going to be right back. Now, ladies and gentlemen who are loyal listeners, you might be listening to us live on the stream here on octalkradio.net, which we appreciate. Or maybe you're picking us up on iTunes or Stitcher or one of the other podcasting platforms that hosts our show. You know, though, that we'll be back in less than one minute. Don't go anywhere because when Bob and I come back, I'm going to ask him to tell me about a time when he created a strategy with a desired outcome, but the outcome was different than what he had anticipated. We call this our unintended consequence question here at Critical Mass. Looking forward to it. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Bob after this word from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime, anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guests' websites whose CEOs have appeared on our show. You know, since we started this program in 2009, our radio show and podcasts have reached hundreds of thousands of listeners, like I said, through the live stream as well as podcasts and YouTube channel. Simply type in Critical Mass Radio Show in your favorite podcasting software, and you can start receiving our weekly show updates. All right, let's get back to our interview with Bob Janowitz. We're talking, he's a partner at Fisher & Phillips, and before the break I said, tell me about an unintended consequence time. Do you have an example? I, I do. I've been giving some thought to that. And um, so I have a client that's uh, in an industry where the competitors kept suing each other every time they took each other's employees. And while initially I was doing the same thing as the typical litigator and using the same strategies of either prosecuting or defending the claims, I realized how utterly inefficient uh, this was in terms of solving my clients' issues and how ungodly expensive it was. Um, and so instead of using the typical strategies in litigation, I developed a series of rules of engagement um, that I was able to propose to my opponents for how we could compete fairly and lawfully. Um, we worked together in developing uh, those rules of engagement, and it wound up saving my client thousands and thousands in legal fees because it gave the ability for the two presidents to pick up the phone, call each other, have a conversation, as opposed to running straight to the lawyers and spending thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. That's like the second time, Bob, I've heard you say how you've been able to put guardrails up, you know, kind of control, defining the business parameters. I mean, it sounds like something like that would be a much less uh, aggravating way to run your business, too, rather than litigating each other night and day if you could just have a set of agreements you can try to live by. If you think about it this way, um, in business, everything that owners try to do is about predicting outcomes. Yes. And they try to manage their business by having the most predictable outcomes that right. they can. Yeah. Litigation Please. is the least predictable oh way of resolving any problem that could possibly exist. Can we get a gong for that? All right, loyal listeners of Critical Mass Radio Show, you know if you were listening but you want to really reinforce the point, go back about 30 seconds, maybe a minute, and pick up what Bob and I were just talking about. 
And and so I you know I, I think what's important there is to recognize that not everything has to be resolved through fighting. Sometimes if you use creative solutions that are based on the understanding of your client's business goals, you can achieve much more cost-effective solutions for them than if you could just go straight to war. I, I've only, unfortunately, had the opportunity to be involved in a type of business issue that leads to legal work a few times in my career, and my prevailing overarching memory is it's really distracting. Very much so. It's a drain on, it's not just the spending of the legal spend, it's a spending of attention, time, effort, and morale because you're involving your other employees in a very negative environment. Right. It's just, it is, if uh, you know, again, uh, an ounce of prevention. You bet. All right. Can you share with us your core philosophy that you use to lead and grow your practice? I call it the guiding principle question. So as we've been chatting, we actually have a mantra in our law firm, which is that we provide practical business solutions to complex legal problems. Um, We try to humanize the practice of law. We basically make it a a mission to talk uh, to our clients, not at them. They're already intimidated by coming to lawyers, and if you don't do a bunch of legal speak, it's kind of going over their heads. You need to put it in their language. Uh, We try to provide workable solutions that let them run their business, and and most importantly, I try to learn my clients' businesses so that we can speak their language when we're giving them advice, Mm -hmm. because every business has a lingo, and if you want to provide good advice, you need to talk their talk. When you say learn their language, do you mean learn their industry or learn the acronyms, or what are you talking about when you say learn their language? It's all the above. Some of it's acronyms, um, trade uh, trade usage and that, that goes on in their industry. But it's also not even to the industry. Every company has their own culture. Okay. And the way that they approach problems, the way that they approach compensation and incentives and all sorts of things that affect employees, they have a way of doing it that's unique from every other. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to them about how the other guy does it. I want to speak to them in the language that they're comfortable with so that they can make decisions that best benefit their company. In the open, Bob, I said about finding the right messenger as well as the right message. I wonder if you can maybe tell us how an employer can determine what is the right message and how to get it across, oh my gosh, when they're taking the stand and protecting the bottom line. How how does that happen? So I think it starts with a philosophy. Um, A good termination comes as no surprise to anybody. Uh, You know you've done a good termination when the employee walks in, their head's down, they know it's coming. Because you've been documenting all along. You've been letting them know when you're dissatisfied. The key is to be able to demonstrate that the employer based their employment decisions on non-discriminatory, non-retaliatory business reasons. To do that, we think employers should make all performance-based terminations NEAT. NEAT stands for, okay. NEAT stands for it's an acronym. It stands oh, for Notice, Explanation, Assistance, and Time. Um, to me... Write-ups, which are the notice, should identify all the legitimate business reasons for why you're making either a disciplinary decision or or a termination decision. Write-ups should provide explanations to the employee for how to improve their performance. Managers should be using assistance. They should be rolling up their sleeves to assist the employee. We're in the TV generation. We learn by seeing, not Mm. by reading. So managers, to be effective, need to show the employee how to do the job the right way. So you're giving them notice of what's wrong, an explanation of how to do it better. You're giving them assistance in rolling up their sleeves and how to go ahead and do it the right way. And then you're being realistic about giving them some time Uh to figure out how to fix it. When you do these steps together... With us, and that's one of the things our law firm does, is we walk our clients through the steps of need. Like 
by using the employer hotline. I was just thinking that. This, this would be a great application of making a phone call, right? That is exactly what we're doing is we're walking through how to implement NEAT in the workplace. We help in this process. We also do it by giving them comprehensive handbooks, mm-hmm. um, employment agreements, arbitration agreements, which I cannot emphasize how important they are uh, in this uh, crazy litigation culture, um, as well as the use of effective confidentiality agreements. Mm. It's interesting because those conversations on performance can be avoided because they tend to be on many times unpleasant, right? Especially if you're not prepared for the conversation. Using, using something like NEAT might help you be more confident in how you present the information. 100%. And uh, an employer should never go into a disciplinary session without a script and completely prepared. Otherwise, you lead to arguments and bad tension. If you just deliver the news, you do it in a professional way, and then you move on, you're okay. Right. And then if you're consistent about it, right? Because I think what you said, if it finally ends up in termination, it shouldn't be a surprise. And, And that's because you've dealt with it candidly all the way through the process. All the way through the process. Okay, final question here. Well, I got two more, but we'll get the final meaty question. Can you think of a time when a peer executive shared with you something that benefited your practice? Yeah, sure. Um, so I uh, I belong to a, a peer group called the Guild. Um, it's a group of attorneys from various practice areas that come together to support each other, both professionally and personally, uh, since no one understands your life better than the other people that are living the same life. Several months ago, my mother passed away from cancer. Um, several months before then was when she was diagnosed. And I, uh, I frankly, I struggled greatly during her treatment and how, how to balance my work obligations and priorities with my caretaking responsibilities, and it was really hard. I can imagine. And so it was, it was fortunate for me that one of the peers in my group had just gone through a very similar circumstance and said an insight that really, really helped. Uh, he had told me that I couldn't help her or my family through this unless I helped myself first by taking care of the things that were vital to me. And by taking care of me, I made myself more available wow. to take care of them. Wow. Um, and I've basically tried to practice that both in my practice and in life ever since. You know, I love asking this question. I never know where the answer is going to go. And you gave an answer that is very deep and rich and non-business, but very important. And thank you for being willing to share that. And my sympathies on the on your mother's passing. I, I'm thank sure that very was much. very difficult. And so I really appreciate that. And my engineer's telling me our time is up. But I wouldn't be doing my job if I let you off the show without asking you, how does someone find out more about Fisher & Phillips online? Where would they find you? So you can go to our website, which is www.fisherphillips.com. Okay. Uh, you can can also, you spell that? You bet. It's uh, F-I-S-H-E-R-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S.com. Okay. Uh, you can also reach me at 949-851-2424. And my email is r. Y-O-N-O-W-I-T-Z at fisherphillips.com. The time has just flown by. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed myself. Thank you very much. Really, I I really um, have been looking forward to having you on the program since we first talked about having you as a guest. And you did not disappoint. You delivered substance. We gonged you. Uh, You're a good person to talk to, get to know, and work with. So thank you for being a friend of the program and a part of the Critical Mass community. My pleasure. I'd like to thank our engineer for today's show. None other than Paul Roberts. We've got the big gun in here today doing the uh, board operations. Our en- our uh, producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or visit 
or or the CEO peer group that I lead, sorry, visit my company's website, criticalmassforbusiness.com. You can find me on Twitter. I'm CEO Peer Groups, CEO Peer Groups on Twitter. We have our own YouTube channel, which is simply my name, Richard Franzi. You can also check out the blog on Critical Mass uh, for Business website where we put outstanding content like the takeaways that I'm going to bring off of Bob's interview here today. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 